0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name's Jake, and I'm joined in the virtual studio by just one other chap tonight. Johnny, after a big weekend out at the F1s, which was in itself pretty insane, um, is taking the night off. So, Sambo, it's just. You and I, how are you? I'm not too bad, how are you? Really well. Really well! Um, Obviously, we're here to read the Cats and the Blues. Just notice, it's always really weird now that I add the intro music in afterwards. You know, normally the intro music sort of keys Mm. me in to the show. Having to create that, manufacture that, um, all our lonesome (laughs) at the moment. So... um, yeah, recapping, cat. I've got cat. Blue. My heads at it, it is not the blues. It is the cats and the sons that we are recapping in round Almost three. Almost the opposite. However, of the blues really
1: couldn't really get cats. further from the <laughs> further from the blues. Different state, exactly. whole opposite color spectrum. One's
0: been around for ages. It's one's a very new team. All over the shop. All over the shop, Sam. Um, But unfortunately, the result didn't really differ, um, at least in terms of whether we picked up the four points. Uh, Another loss, the Cats are are 0-3. So we've got a lot to get into tonight. We're going to give you our general thoughts. We're going to hit some three-word reviews from the listeners, and they've been very, very generous with their three-word reviews, the listeners. Um, Then we'll get into sort of the nitty-gritty of it dissect it, chop it up, the specific elements. And we will end um, by stepping inside the, uh, the cordoned off area of the Chaps Chat Cats podcast to do the Patreon player focus. And tonight that's going to be looking at Tom Hawkins and his performance against the Suns and more broadly his performance this year. So if you want to get that part of the show, if you want to get the video version of this show, Make sure you go on over to Patreon, $3.50 US per month for a shitload of extra content, podcast, video, and written forms. So let's get into it, Sambo. Uh, the cats they traveled up to the Gold Coast. I had an ill feeling about this game in the days leading up. There was mm-hmm. a lot of stuff on Cats Twitter of like, it's all good, you know, I won two against two pretty good sides, but we'll get right this week against the Suns. Hopefully, you know, beat the old foe on Easter Monday. We'll be two and two. Season kick-started. And I just was worried going in, and the worries turned out to be relatively well-founded. Geelong go down 73 to 54. My general sort of feeling was just disappointment, I guess, as a fan, if not, you know. I wasn't greatly surprised given that I had a sort of bad feeling going in. What about you? What were your sort of takeaways? What were your general feelings about the game?
1: Uh, yeah, I was on this, a similar page Um, in terms of beforehand. Like I absolutely knew it was within our power to win it. Uh, but I never yeah. once felt like that was a given. Um, I knew if we didn't place significantly better than rounds one and two, uh, then we wouldn't, wouldn't be able to win. And we played, you know, marginally worse, probably. <laughs> so so we definitely definitely weren't going to get the win. Um, So I think it's one of those things that each game does look a little different here and there, but I think you could chuck either performance against, against any of the other sides, against any of the other three sides. I don't think we've played well enough this year to have beaten that uh, Gold Coast Suns side. You know, I think we probably played our best consistently against Collingwood, but I still don't think that would have been good enough to beat um that sun's outfit you know um uh it's a bit um there's a bit of a lack of respect going around for the suns um and i think uh yeah i was very very i was hopeful but i would not say i was optimistic about this game because this is we're in one of those positions where at some point it will click and get better but we're just never going to have a lot of warning. Do you know what I mean? Because it's if it's gonna click and get better, it's gonna happen game day. It's gonna there's gonna be things yeah. midweek that happen, and then it's just gonna it's gonna be about turning up. And this is you know uh, had this discussion with Jacko, who has the markers up with Jack Johnson podcast, who we've talked about, and he did his mm. coverage of the um all the teams that were zero two last week. Um, and he and I touched on that in our conversation. He was talking about how the Cats really don't have a specific thing. Apart from the outs, the outs are, you know, issues, but a lot of the other teams, it's, you know, a structural thing. It's a change. They've moved this person. They haven't got this person, put this person back in, do this. Um, whereas the cats is basically the old video game adage. It's basically just get good. It's, you know, they all the elements are there. Um, and that's both frustrating and heartening because, you know, it's it's not far off. It's not far. Like we're, we're um, miles off our best but it's not going to take a lot to travel those miles to close that gap and get close to it. I mean, we saw it for about two and a half minutes against the Suns, uh, <laughs> which yeah. is not enough to win you a game, unfortunately. Um, we saw it in patching against Collingwood. We saw it for a quarter against Carlton, um, and we saw it for about two and a half minutes uh, on on Sunday. Um, and that and it looked really good. That two and a half minutes looked beautiful. So, you know, like, it, it really looked yeah. like this. If we could, could have done, just done this for a quarter against the Suns, we probably would have done enough. We were done enough. They were inaccurate enough that that probably would have done enough damage. Um, yeah, it's it's a frustrating, like I said, it's sort of frustrating. Um, I can understand why people are more frustrated. I'm not super frustrated because, as I said, it's... Um, It's um the uh, sorry technical issues. It's um, that's all right. No, it's all good. It'll be about until 0 and four, if we don't win next week, which is a reality. Like I'm not saying ah, she'll be totally. right. As a, it's a reality, we'll get to that in our in our preview later in the week. But that's but at, at Owen four, I will feel like um my expectations will readjust. Not my hopes and dreams and aspirations but my my passing grade for the year will will adjust um and it also depends how we lose i'm not really talking about the specifics of the game here but i'm assuming we'll kind of break that down a little bit overall it was pretty it was just basically yeah. poor. um <laughs> but as as far as the, it depends how if we're 0 five we're 0 four and 0 five but there's progress we're losing in different ways we're hmm. ch- trying things you know, if if we were playing like that, two and a half minutes that we played, if we were playing like that all game mm. and just cocking it up, I would. It would in some ways be better because you'd you'd know that we're we're mm. just not there. We're off the pace. We'll have a good year. We'll make a run at finals if we can. Um, but we need some more development. We need more time in the in the newer group. Um, the leadership group needs time to reform. But instead, we're left in this limbo of like where could our best be? Yeah. Like, if we if we win no games all year, <laughs> right, and they all look the same as these three games, it's mm. going to be really frustrating because I feel like we're going to be sitting here still at the end of the year going, we could have won all of those games. Yeah. Like, I, would,
0: I, yeah would, no, totally. I-, I would
1: in some ways rather play our best and not be good enough than this weird kind of Just limbo, just this weird preseason kind of attitude that's (laughs) that seems to be rocketing
0: around. Yeah, well, it's interesting because like you look at the losses, it was what 20 points to Collingwood, it was eight points to Carlton, and it's 19 points to the Suns. I think the the losses, um the performances have gotten worse. I, I would say across the three works. Collingwood we across the three weeks. Uh, Collingwood looked the best. Carlton looked the next best, um, and then the Suns the third <laughs> best, which was bad. And and but what's I, I totally agree with you in terms of the frustration of this sort of limbo spot we find ourselves in, because when we're, we're not we are playing as well. I'll, let's I'll focus in on the Suns game. We played against the Suns probably as badly as I've seen Geelong play since. I don't know the the 2021 prelim final where we got belted by Melbourne. Mm. That might be, but a different really. kind I can't of bad. It.
1: Still though, right? Like, I mean, that one was bad. But the thing, the thing with the and I do agree that they probably overall each performance has gotten worse. But, but mm. not in necessarily in an entirely linear fashion. Like, there's some highlights from this weekend. Yeah, like I think Tom Atkins probably played one of his best games. Um. Yep. Uh, Stewie back obviously was great. Like there were some highlights that last mm. that that two two and a half minutes, three minutes that we played well. I think we played better in that portion than the entirety of the game against Collingwood. Yeah, and then against Carlton that last quarter, um, I think we played not as good as that little portion against the Suns, but mm. again, pretty good for a more sustained period of time. Whereas Collingwood was like less good than either of those highlights but sustained for most of the game do you know what i mean it's it's almost mm. like that two and a half minutes yeah. was the entirety of the quality of the collingwood game all smooshed into two two and a half minutes yeah it's like our net our net quality from each game is about the same it's just it's just condensed or spread out um yeah and it's and it's one of those things where it's not even one of those games where you know like everything's going wrong and there's a whole heap of huge obvious skill errors and and that's kind of the the more frustrating thing is is is, is, it's just a general lack of cohesion a general lack of structure Mm. a general lack of synergy to throw out a really ambiguous fucking useless word that media (laughs) the media would love to use um but it is it is i think a word that um, that suits it because that's what it seems like it seems like every individual player is kind of Mm. doing okay it's just not adding up mm. to anything beyond that
0: well it's interesting um you, you say lack of synergy lack of cohesion uh i think that sort of pivots nicely to just have a look at some three word reviews before we really sort of try and dissect this so this is from our listening base and from the twitter verse so we asked as we ask every week um All right, Cats fans, we'll record our recap pod tomorrow. Drop your three-word reviews of the Cats loss to the Suns below. And this is what we got. A good, broad palette of replies. A yank on the footy podcast says, who'll show up? Derek says, I still believe. Kotze, lacking defensive pressure. Claire says, classy honor guard. I'm assuming that was for David Swallow that the, the Cats must have lined up. and Yeah. Um, inept, uh, David says inept, lacking leadership. Uh, Sean says lazy, leaderless, unmotivated, James Collins, Harley Reed cup, which I don't follow next year's draft that closely. I'm assuming Harley Reed is a, a much ballyhooed um, draft prospect that <laughs> the jokies were tanking for him. Um, Laird says, <laughs> I'm getting concerned. Lee says only is up. Jenny made me cry. Oh no, Jenny. Oh, Don't cry. Um, ta- <laughs> yeah. Poor just, Jenny. Just watch last um, time. Says. Again. Yeah. Sam says, lost the plot. David, piss poor effort. You said piss poor just before. Um, straight out of walls end says stone. Motherless. Last. Arun says, Harley read anyone. Eli underdone work to do. Uh, maybe three and a half words. He says laughing. Uh, Aaron uh, much the same vein. Tomahawk needs a break. Needs a is hyphenated. Creative creative bunch, our listeners. Mark <laughs> Allen says, Premiership Pack hangover cheats. debacle. <laughs> 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 Premier, uh, Americans watching the footy. Flat, slow, uninspired from E. Linda, work to do. Crashy says, we'll be right. FY says, do not panic. Marshall, wake fucking up. Jimmy says, Guthrie is cooked. <laughs> Um Jackie uh, has number one draft pick with lots of laughing emojis. Um, I didn't watch Easter Monday Revenge question mark. Cornetto. Um, we have Gazman saying, must beat Hawks and Matt Healy, which I like says keep calm, donuts with uh <laughs> Homer Simpson, keep calm, eat donuts. Um meme there and I know there was a couple of others um, too who uh, threw in some feedback as well. You just missed the cutoff, but you know what? I'm a kind fucker. So I'm going to read him out off Twitter. Joey M says, pushing shit uphill. Maddie Armstrong says, rest poor tomahawk. Uh, Andrew Hawthorne next round. Kieran says, Kieran was clever. He sent a GIF so that it wasn't just three words. It It was Krusty the Clown looking bereft of ideas saying, what the hell was that? Um, And that was it. Uh,
1: Sorry, I've lost your audio. I don't know if it's...
0: Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but anyway, I'm back. Um, back. I don't know where you lost me. That's the cross-section of Chap's Twitter of Cats fans. um, I, I want to start, I guess, a couple of areas I want to discuss. I do want to discuss um, Patrick Dangerfield and the captaincy and the leadership, that whole thing, because I think we're going dis- to be discussing that sort of thing every week, unfortunately, um, until someone steps up and and really takes the bull by the horns. But um, I also want to discuss the, the work rate, because that's something that's come up a bit. You know, lazy. Um, you know, no defensive pressure. W- I listened to the first half on the radio. I was driving home from Shepparton, and watched the second half on video. And yeah, look, I was I was pretty stunned at 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 the. I don't know if it's laziness per se, but like you said, the absolute lack of cohesion the lack of team structure um, in, in terms of knowing when it's your turn to go, knowing how many of you should go to the, car- you know, the ball carrier, where everyone should be set up. I said in the preview pod, like the thing that would signify progress for me is if we get lots of moments where the Suns are in their back 50 or on their half back line, looking up and we've got that camera angle looking down the field and it's just Geelong's, you know, blanketing structure. Shifting from side to side whenever the Suns want to go, and the Suns can't move quickly. But we saw the reverse. It was Geelong that was stuck, you know, in mud trying to come out of the back fifty, and the Suns just slingshotting down the field. What's your sort of take on it? Did you did you see, you know, degradation in terms of the effort levels, the structure? Or did you see any like minuscule signs of improvement? Where where are you at with that part of the game?
1: Um, no, like I said, I, there's, there was some improvement in specific players. Like I thought, um, Atkins, I, I, you, I'm assuming you've probably got his, uh, statistics handy at some point. Um, so I'm not sure statistically have, but I just thought the old eyeball test Atkins looked more like Atkins. Um, not quite back to last year's Heights, but I thought he, you know, he was, he was given pretty good chase. He was pre- giving pretty good, like, um service to the efforts that were needed um so there was some some highlights like at a player level but at an overall level it's kind of like they took took what we wanted to see and did the opposite really um and watching it live it really looked like you know uh, it looked like it mirrored me i guess their efforts mirrored how i felt because it was about half time bit of a shootout you know some inaccuracies um but everyone it was you know it was it was all pretty close um, the children know when I'm recording and decide to try and they
0: join provide, <laughs> yeah, provide back so to my animals
1: for us. Um, it was about half time, and it's kind of like, Hey, we, we've certainly not played our best, but there's no reason to panic yet. Mm. And it was kind of just like that, it was kind of just like they played the whole game like you play like a bad opening you know what I mean? Like generally I find like a bad, a bad performance looks different to a bad start, but it just like the whole, this bad performance looked like a bad start. It looked like we hadn't woken up yet the whole way through. Um, and I really don't know what it'll be except possibly sitting bottom of the ladder. Like something has to wake them up. Do you know what I mean? Like at some point, It would be Selwood if he was here. It could be Chris Scott. You know, when Chris Scott, when we get to a point when he's genuinely worried, he might be the one that goes, what, you know, what the fuck, boys? Like, what am am I looking at? Like, I've done everything I can do. I've moved the magnets where I can move them. And nothing's nothing's working. Like, you know, as much as a lot of people like to blame the coach, I don't think there's a lot of poor decision-making from a coach's box point of view. It's just a... It's just the way we're showing up. It's just a mentality thing. I really don't believe in the premiership hangover thing, like as a as a real factual thing that happens. I think it's a it's more uh, symbolic of other things going on. Um, but that does mm-hmm. it does look a little bit like that, I suppose. And I think maybe being at the bottom, you know, quote unquote, at this point in time, the worst team in the league. I kinda of hope they feel pretty shitty about that. And that's <laughs> that's what wakes them up to realise we're not the worst team in the league. And if you snooze through a game, you'll get beaten by everybody. Yeah. Like yeah. And, and you know, Chris Scott said that in his presser, that he's he he's always believed that the Sun like he's what he's someone that's watched the Suns for a few years and gone, that team is really good. They're just they're just not haven't quite like basically haven't they're just not quite as really good as the next team above them. Sort of thing that they're all mm-hmm. there have been a perennial danger team. And that he's always mm-hmm. known at some point they will become a an actual genuine contender, I suppose, is was what he was alluding to. So he wasn't shocked, like, oh, we lost to the Suns. Uh, and he also said he believes in the tightness of the league, that like even last year in a blinder of a year had we turned up and not played our best we would lose to anyone in the league that being said our best should beat anyone in the league
0: yeah well i mean we saw that last year in some performances i'm sure there was one against west coast you mm. know sort of mid season where we really fucked around and, and ultimately pulled it out there are a few performances in there against the crows i remember one that it was like you know there's multiple times last year, even in that streak where, you know, we didn't always come out playing our best and you could see, well, fuck, if this goes on, the streak might end. Um, of course, it never did go on. It always turned around. Um, just going back to Atkins, 21 touches, uh, three marks, seven tackles, 24 pressure acts, which was actually second behind Jack Bowes. Bowes actually led the team in pressure acts with 27. He led the team with eight tackles as well. Um Kicked the goal, obviously, but didn't think much of his disposal in this game, 53% disposal efficiency. Um, Atkins also had four clearances, which was second on the team, only behind Jonathan Segler, who had five, getting it down and you know getting rid of it out of the ruck, I assume. So out of the midfielders, Atkins f- had four, and that was two clear of Tanner Bruin, uh, Max Holmes, and Grian Myers, and Dangerfield, who all had two Um, yeah, like I wrote some preview thoughts and for for the Patreon, and then we talked about this on the podcast as well. Like I was really nervous about this midfield matchup and, um, Rudy Edsel, who wrote, um, he writes a weekly, uh, look at the cats, you know, look back at the cats games, you know, he's had midfield concerns all year and sort of just wanting, trying to work out if it's if it's real or, or myth, you know, is this something that's going to turn around or is it a real thing that where we are not, you know, currently well-equipped in midfield? And I think this game was a really interesting look at that because, um, you know, and in my instant thoughts that I wrote for the, for the site, it was like uh, when the game was on the line, Matt Rowell picked up the Superman cape and Dangerfield and the Geelong mids kind of picked up the invisibility cloak. The, the clearances were a, were a decimation. It was 39 to 23 on the day, 11 to 6 at the centre clearances, and 28 to 17 at the stoppages around the ground. And we also got smashed in contested ball, 145 to 121. And I know that might not seem like smashing to everybody, but that is. If you get beaten by plus 20 in clearances, that's... That's not good that that was a that was a it was a bit of a pillaging um in, in that regard they the tackles were about even 53 to 55 our way but the tackles inside Ford 50 14 to five to the suns I just thought they were really hard working, very cohesive very well organized and when that fucker drilled that goal from like 60 meters out mm. All I could think of was Stuart Jew in the 2008 grand final, you know, launching bombs um, on Geelong's premiership hopes from, from outside 50. And it was just like, Oh fuck. Like (laughs) the DNA, the Hawthorne DNA in the suns. Mm. Yeah. I've, I've, I've got concerns, man, um, about the midfield group, because Sorry, this is long-winded, but I like I I wanted to, I guess, give a little bit of praise to Dangerfield, having been negative about his performances through the first two weeks, and I'm not, and I'm still not happy with what he's turning out on the field. I, I think we were able to get away with managing him to perfection last year because other guys were playing really well. You still had Selwood; you could kind of rotate him, injury manage him. It was pretty much the perfect setup. We haven't got that this year, and we're not going to have it, really, for the rest of the year. The, the the three losses on the board kind of have already started to curtail what we can do in terms of management. But I did just want to say just one point about his leadership, and that is, although I would have preferred to see Tom Atkins or Tom Stewart as captain, I was thinking about this today with the, the looming Selwood void that I don't actually think there's another player on the Geelong list who is mentally strong enough to put their hand up to be the guy after the guy. Mm. Like, I don't think like if, if Tommy Stewart or Tommy Atkins were currently captain and it was this situation, Owen three, I feel like it could really wither them. Like. Mm i feel like it could be quite hurtful and damaging to their self-confidence i think i admire dangerfield for putting his hand up to do this role because this is in many ways a thankless task you're not only replacing the captain after the premiership you're pl- replacing oh captain my captain you are replacing the dude the greatest cat ever and i i, I don't know i just this weekend had some appreciation for like the enormity of that role. And yeah, I yeah, I, I respect Danger for doing that because I don't think everyone would cope with it. And it's 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 tough. And he's going to be copying it. And it's fair to critique his performance, I do think. And again, I, I just wasn't he wasn't up to it this week. Their midfield was better than our hmm. midfield. So I don't know if you got any thoughts on that, or if you want to build on. Well, I guess I don't, the I don't know. In, the, yeah. I don't know if I'm
1: just. Uh, I don't know if I'm forever naive, but it's one of those things that, like, I do think. And this is a, uh, a semantics and clutching at straws kind of thing, but I do think I like to draw a <laughs> distinction between being better versus performing better. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think we've got real midfield woes but i do think we mm. should have the talent there to to be better than 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 the Carlton midfield better than yeah. the Suns midfield and competitive with the Collingwood midfield i don't like i think Collingwood's midfield is you know all credit due that's a pretty phenomenal midfield this year um mm. and i think we would have to uh, rely on more than just grinding it out in the center to beat Collingwood but we know we've got mm. the talent up forward and back you know we know yep. we know that, so everyone's talking about the midfield um, being the issue. And so if we can fix the midfield, then presumably the forward and the back line apparently is is fine and we'll, <laughs> we'll handle it. Um, but I, I do think that the midfield, like we are missing Selwood, but it's kind of like, I, I said it last week, but it's kind of money ball. I feel like we need to look at the output that Selwood was actually mm. putting in. And if we're not kind of almost covering that, with the guys we've got, then it really is that leadership that is lacking. It really is what Selwood did off the ball and in the club rooms that is, is lacking, which is, that is my suspicion is that. Yeah. Cause I mean, I Sel, Selwood wasn't racking up like bloody. Um, oh my God. I blanked on their name. I always, the Collingwood, the brothers Collingwood. Dacos. Dacos. Selwood wasn't racking up Dacos numbers every week. Do you know what I mean? Like he wasn't, he wasn't statistically carrying the team across the finish line. Mm. Um, But our midfield was performing significantly better with him in there. And so my suspicion is that it's the, it's what he represents that is lacking, not any specific talent pool. Um, Because I mean, all of our guys, even the ones that are playing okay, like Atkins and Guthrie are off the boil from where they were at last year. And you'd have to think Mm. if they were all playing at the statistical level they were playing at last year, and then we had Tanner Bruin in there, you'd have to think that that would be enough to be to look better than what we're looking at at the moment.
0: What are your thoughts on Bruin and Bose, like the two? Now I don't know. I, I think Ollie Henry has actually kind of fit in. Pretty well. He looks as advertised. I'm I'm happier.
1: I'm happier with Henry than I am with Bose and Bruin, to to be honest. Yeah. So also um, what are your but,
0: sort of thoughts on them? Because they like like I said, like um Bose numbers kind of look alright in terms of his pressure and he and his tackles, mm. but like the disposal was not good and Tanner Bruin couldn't get his hands on it.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit it's a little bit like just low impact is how I would yeah would some summarize both of them together is they look good. They mm. look all right. I'm, I I'm I think they've got the raw talent. They do some good things here and there, um, but it's all a bit like pissing up wind at the moment. It's, it's not enough just for a player to do a good thing here and there. It's And that comes back to danger yes. as well. You know, danger fields mm. performance are, are also statistically okay, but, of very low impact. You know, he he picks it up and runs through and kicks a nice goal to to open it or whatever like um mm. but it's not it's not enough for a player to do that. And that's again why it goes back to I think just looking at Salwood as like Salwood's output on game day, oh we're lacking. We don't have the midfield talent. I don't think it's I don't think it's as simple as that. I don't think you could pinch yeah, you know, I don't think you could pinch a dacos brother or a fully healthy Dusty Martin plonk him in the cats team. And suddenly we'd just be winning all these games. It's, it's a much, mm. it's a much, it's a much deeper and, and more ethereal issue that I think can be, can be fixed with a, with, with a lot of, um, with a mentality change. I think a lot of it's between the years of all the players and between the years of the of the entire conglomerate of the team really um Mm. i think i like henry i think he makes a couple of mistakes here and there but i like his effort i never question his effort sometimes he looks a little Mm. lost like on his second efforts when he's going into tackle he doesn't necessarily look like he really knows and then what do you know what i mean Mm. he knows what he's doing and then it's just that goes back to that structure and that drilled in professionalism of of what the rest of the stick team is doing. where well, you, you mm. don't have time to think in football. You just need to know. Um, and so when you don't know and you're thinking about where you should be and what you should be doing, it's already it's already too late. Um, so I guess I like mm. the players like Henry and even Radigalia as well, who they don't know. <laughs> but they go for it and so they're making the wrong call sometimes um but in the absence of a well-drilled side that knows what to do i would much rather people trying to do something than just kind of Mm. not doing anything
0: yeah absolutely And and it's kind of this bizarre thing too where it's like you can't even point to one group like you know, it's not like you can say, Oh, the experienced players are really standing up, but the young guys are trailing. You can't say the young guys are standing up, but the experienced guys are trailing. It's just like this. There's someone from every cross section, every there's someone at every position group, there's someone of every age type. It's just it's just across the board, it's kind of like just inherent in the system right now. But it, um it does but... feel like
1: this, it does feel like this wake-up thing where they just need to mm. <laughs> To sort of, it's a, it's a really simplistic term to use, but it does feel like they just need to wake up. And if we can, if we can see the level of effort and the level of intent, that's when the Mm. coaching staff can do something because they can go, that was the wrong thing that you did there. Good effort. That was the wrong thing in future. Let's look back at the tape and show you what you should do in future. Whereas at the moment there doesn't, no one's making enough mistakes to really do that. Correct. Like I think that I think the players need to bring more to the table for the coaching panel to work with. Do you know what I mean? Now Do- I, f- I can see a world, and this is this is to me the preference is we smash hawks, we wake up and we go, oh wait, we're a premiership winning side, and we march home and we win the fucking thing. But the next thing that I would like to see is a world where maybe we win against the hawks, maybe we just lose, but we just see week to week change now, where something even if we lose to the hawk, it's in a different manner and I know this is kind of repeating myself but it's in in a it's in a way where Chris Scott in the in the post game press conference can say yeah well we're off the boil in that area um I thought we looked pretty good Mm. in this area and that area but clearly we've got some work to do in that area that's kind of like that to me as a Cats fan I'd be happy with that I'd be happy at seeing both progress and also just change Mm. just something that looks different
0: been a very samey kind of feeling like the first mm. three weeks of kind of like, yeah. and, and samey kind of podcasts of going well it's you know it I, and it's funny like i do think like like all terms that get used in mainstream media and, and by the, the you know the the greater group of fans of like you know um the the premiership hangover you know mm. it's, it's a great example of a term that like what does it mean? And I just think it does boil down to I I do think there's a few guys in there last year who were probably driven by getting Selwood a flag. Do you know what I mean? Like there was such a there was such a desire to put a cap on the Selwood era with a with a like with a premiership that cemented that dynasty as like that was. One of the greatest 15, 15, 16 year runs by any club mm. ever. And they've got the silverware to show it. That yeah. this year, I just think there's a few guys who are struggling to find out like how do how do I get back to that level? It's it's like that it was such a crescendo last year. That 16-game run and the fucking obliteration of the swans. I'm sure mm. we talked about it in the pod. Of going like, like directly after it going. How how do you go back to like a normal season now? How do you yeah. go back to like a regular season? That felt like such a definitive, final chapter of a section of cat's mm. history. It's almost but like turning I up can... at work after a holiday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's turning up after work after you you know knock over the greatest project of all time. You know what I mean? And and being told, all right, now you got to do it again. Like we. That's yeah. it, it struck me more than ever last year of like, fuck, it's hard to win back-to-back mm, because yeah. you put so much into it and it's so hard to do and it's such um, a moment of just like elation afterwards. It's like, how the hell do you turn back up and find motivation? And I said to Jacko, when we were walking um, uh, a few months ago uh, out here. I said, if the cats turn up, and make top four again, I don't know when this streak ends. If they find mm. a way, and I still believe that, if this Cats team find a way to get back to the pointy end this year, then the AFL kind of just has to get used to the fact we're just going to be a top eight, top four side year in, year out, because I I would have struggled as a, as a person to find mm. motivation to go back to training and preseason yeah. after that last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh it's the same thing as like I don't know if it's the most relatable
1: analogy, but like when we used to do theater, when you and I were <laughs> doing theater, and I you would get yeah. you, you would get given the first the the new script of what you're doing and you'll get your path and you read through it and it's kind of awkward and then it it's this great big mm. work, all the work. It's like finals. All the work is done before you perform it. And then you perform it and there's applause and it's this huge high and everybody claps and you go and meet and greet afterwards in the, in the green room at the back. And then you got to turn up and do a different play. But the same thing, you now, here's your script. You don't know this script. You're starting from the start again. You're all the same people. You're all the same actors. You're the same theater troupe, but this is a new Mm. script uh, and you, and you're going to be playing different characters. It's kind of, it's kind of a little bit like that. Like it doesn't, you don't really get to that high point. It doesn't carry on. You don't get there until you are opening week again and you perform, you you know, you're performing opening night or you're doing the the dress rehearsals before that. And so I think that's, that's normal. That is football as well. And all the other teams Mm. basically turn up as hungry because they didn't get to do opening night last year. Yeah. They did all the work and so their work is continuing our work had a full mm. stop and this is a new sentence you start again so it's it is it is a mm. harder thing to do to follow it up but it's also mm. going back to what i was talking about before um in terms of bringing something to the table for the coaches to work with i think mm. last year was a perfect premiership and it was so much because of 2021 yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like like we didn't we we changed a lot yeah. from 2021, but we didn't scrap the whole team, go to the draft, start again, mm. rebuild. We looked at everything that was an issue in 2021 and we attempted to fix that. Where are we lacking? Where are we getting smashed? Where are we okay? Like what elements mm. do we need to change? Because 2021 was still a competitive year. We had so much go against us in 2021 mm. with injuries. And, just, you know, all sorts of stuff and the fl- the money flu or food poisoning or whatever the fuck happened. Yeah. Like everything was going against us and yet we still came really close. So then then to turn up next year and go, well, all that went wrong and we came pretty close. But what we've got to do is basically throw out the way we're moving the ball and move the ball differently Yeah, and like make some big changes and some little changes. It's very hard to follow up last year because maintaining anything is difficult getting Mm. worse happens naturally and getting, getting better is something to work towards. But when you had like one of the best premiership years in your club's history, if not the AFL's history, like it was a really apart from Mm. some blips early in the year, it was a really dominant year and it was a really, really dominant end to the year. You know, I think back to those like clips from the commentary box of cane corns and, and um huddo and those kinds of people watching the cats win and they just they couldn't commentate anymore they just had their arms out going what the fuck are we watching like this is this Mm. isn't even football anymore like we don't (laughs) like this is unbelievable yeah um i think the cats can reach that level again but you kind of needed something like this start of the year you needed something to happen so we know where to shoot for again you can't just walk out and do the same thing again
0: I know I love the I love the theatre analogy. I hopefully other people can kind of vibe with it or relate it to something in their life. It's it and and think about what happens too uh when you finish a theater show, you do your final performance. Everyone goes out and gets on the piss <laughs> until all hours in the out of you you Yeah, you are seedy. and I do think that's kind of what the cats look like. The cats looked like the first three weeks, like um, Bradley Cooper, we fucked up in the mm. hangover um <laughs> when he has to make the call to say they've lost Doug or whoever it is. yeah, like that's kind of where the cat we lost like, The cats feel seedy right now, and i I think yeah. I th- yeah, we lost Joel. um I, I, I think <laughs> that it's and and I kind of feel like as fans, like. We've we've kind of in some ways, like I, I think as a as a podcast, of course we're gonna keep dissecting and, and looking at it. And and someone said, um, I don't know if it's Tam or someone on on Twitter and said you know, are we allowed to be disappointed? Are we allowed to be a bit filthy about the result? And I said, Of course. Of course we can be filthy about the result, of course we can be disappointed and frustrated like it, you you would not be a fan to not be uh, mm. but i do think taking a bit of a bird's eye view occasionally the day after or whenever it is that you're able to of going like holy shit like um the cats have made finals 62.5% of the last 40 seasons we have been in 25% of the grand finals for the last 40 seasons and we've won 10% of the available premierships like that's fucking absurd. And so I guess what I would say, be frustrated and be firm with the cats. I think that's what you know that this this drunk cats team, so this hungover cats team that is sort I'm of not like, mad. She- I'm
1: just disappointed.
0: <laughs> yeah, you guys need to make some changes, okay? We yeah. love you. If okay. We support you. All right. This is not acceptable. Yeah. We're ready to get back to winning now. No, um, yeah. <laughs> no, we get it. We get
1: it. You've made us grateful. <laughs> the, the joke's over. The gig's up. Yeah, start winning again. Um, but I think that's Time a line that sell- I. Does. I think Time we try Cameron to draw on the pod in
0: the cow paddock. Yeah, <laughs> this is.
1: <laughs> Go and retrieve your medal from the cow. Um, this is a line that I think we always try to draw on the pod is like the difference between like toxic negativity versus yeah, yeah criticism. Um yeah, and the same with being biased. You know, we've all this the whole point of this podcast of us starting this is because we went, you know what? We just wanted to be unashamedly biased towards the cats. That's yeah. just what we want to do. Um and I think you're allowed to be, you know, angry at the other team. Uh, disappointed in the cats, mm. you know, disappointed or confused about unfiring calls, but it's just always about like not making it personal, not not taking yeah. your rage out on other people, and being able to move on afterwards. Full feel the the full extent of the emotion between the sirens, and then after the sirens, just get get on with your life. Get on with your life because yeah. this week will be shit for the cats players. It doesn't need to be shit for you as well. <laughs> Like you're not getting paid yes. to feel shit now. They're getting paid and should be feeling shit. Um, so just yeah. you know, take it in your stride. Feel feel don't because I don't like the idea of being, you know, sort of distanced from your football team either, of being like, I don't care and I'm gonna win. like you really want to invest invest in it. Um, but if you need a little perspective just go and go and watch last year. Just think about think about how lucky we are as Cats fans. Um, mm. And this year is far from over. But even if it even if this is the end of this year, we've got next year, and we do have so much to look forward to.
0: Mm. Absolutely, we're we're bringing back the Chaps meditation by popular demand. Multiple people mm. requested a meditation session. Um, so I would point to all those stats that I said before. About the cats making finals. We've made the we have finished in the last four, the final four. So at least the prelim, if my maths were correct, since 1983, 45% of the time. It's something ridiculous like that. Like we've we've made, I think it's 18 of 40 prelim stages since 1983. Uh, which is just fucking ridiculous. Um, but Sam. Mm. Let's each give a positive here. I've got right? so many. I, I lent
1: into the, lent well, into the negative because we knew we were doing this. We knew we were going to well, do this. So it was worth, we got all that toxin out. We got all our questions out. We got mm. our uncertainties out. Now it's time to shake it out. Um, there's some specific positives. There's some suggestions in here. The first specific positive I think we should talk about is that we have arguably the best full forward in the game. Like yes. Jeremy Cameron could have almost won that. That, that abysmal performance could have been <laughs> saved. We we could be and in a lot of ways we're lucky we're not because we know how yeah. much we have to work. We could be coasting along on the back of Jeremy Cameron here and performing like shit, and he would only need to kick an extra goal or two and we'd be winning these games. But he's mm. he's a freak. Like he's an absolute freak. He's lifted his game to new heights, even compared to last year. And I think if the team was performing mm. around him, he'd be he'd be kicking bags of six every week.
0: Absolutely, couldn't agree more. I will turn your attention to our Lord and Savior Thomas Stewart, mm. who returned, returneth from the wilderness. Um, came down like from the mountaintop a in fucking Sh- That's right, he returned from the mountaintop where they'd laid him for two weeks um in mud um to mm. to heal his broken body and he returned and looked as like what what it says on the packet the Tom Stewart packet that's what he came out and played like like 30 disposals 13 marks 11 intercepts he looked like he hadn't missed a beat so not only do we have one of one of if not the best key forward in the competition who is also one of the best like field kicks etc we also have probably the best, like, intercept and probably just the best defender in the comp- competition. So um, go back and watch the highlights, even just to revel in the performance of Tommy Stewart. Mm. Do you want to do another one, Sam? Yes. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Please. Um, This one's, this one's <laughs> a little suggestion for your mental health and well-being going forward. And this oh, like. is unsubscribed from all main AFL media. It's a bunch Correct. of bullshit. It's designed to create anxiety, toxicity <laughs> and anger. It's not designed mm. to inform you. It's not designed to let you know what's going on with your team. It's it's designed to get clicks and they do that by making it sound worse than it is. So you go, this can't possibly true, be true. I'll click on this and I'll read it. I'll watch the video version of it. Because I I have been unsubscribed this year. I have no footy apps, any of that stuff. It's just mm. it's just the Cats app. That's all I go to. Um, And I dipped my toe back in it this week. And I was instantly hit by such a wall of <laughs> negative shit fuckery <laughs> that I was very much reminded <laughs> of why not to, you know, cats are cooked while uh, David King saying the cat's back line hasn't, he's never seen it look this bad. That's not true it looked this bad for a lot yeah. more games in 2021 it just so happens yep. to be that we won some of those games right? our defensive mm. structure in 2021 especially with chaos balls and balls over the back was horrendous um, so don't listen to it unsubscribe they don't give a shit what's actually going on with your team their job is to make speculation sound like information
0: unsubscribe, get rid of it liberate yourself and we'll all breathe in to do you have another one Jay? Play... do you have another one <laughs> and breathing out all the negativity of mainstream footy media breathing out cane corns shitfuckery. fuckery clickbait there you go you got to rel- yeah all that clickbait you have got to get rid of it you got to f- and i will draw your attention to the fact that you are a member of the greatest club (laughs) in the league i would rather go i would rather go zero and 23 for a decade and be amongst you fuckers cats family than wear any other fucking bullshit essendon scarf or st kilda beanie whatever hawthorn get rid of it i don't care it's not about the wins and losses as much as we can point to it and fucking well, we will, but you don't have to. Just the fact that you wear those blue and white hoops on a Saturday or a Sunday or a Thursday or a Friday night, whatever it is. When I see Geelong people walk down the street, if someone comes into work in a Geelong cap, I without fail will say, Ah, see, so you support the right team. And that's what mm. it is. It's the right team. You the support right team. the right team, thick and thin. Um, it will turn around and um, yeah it, it doesn't matter about the wins and losses you, you support the greatest team of all uh, regardless of the form oh, I'm out is there anything else you'd like to throw out before we I would session? just say
1: trust the, the this is the catchphrase of the chaps chat cats trust the process I love trust yes. the process do you think with all the elements of football All the causality involved in in team selection, injuries, weather condition, mentality, momentum, with all those things factored in. Do you think, you know, do you think that we won last year on luck purely on the back of the efforts of Joel Salwood, who we now don't have, and then only bolstered further by luck and being in the right place at the right time? Or do you think we have the best possible team? In the league, the best coaches, the best medicos, the best health and fitness. I
0: feel the spirit.
1: <laughs> Release the spirit, brothers.
0: In in the league,
1: like this is you know the uh, a lot of people have pointed at Chris, Chris Scott's press conference as like this you know oh he's not acknowledging he's 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 got his head in the clouds, but if you actually listen to the words and you don't just look for fucking sound bites to to put in your headline. You'll actually see that he was—he was acknowledging that this is a really, you know, it's not an expected position to be in, and in some ways, he's relishing the challenge. It's been so long since the Cats were three losses in a row. He's actually mm. relishing the coaching challenge. He said, "This is the art where a lot of the art of coaching comes in—is not saying the words when it's going well, but being able to look at where you are and turn it around." If we can turn around the years that were 2020 and 2021 into a fucking obliteration of a premiership we can come back from losing the first three games of the year it's nothing Mm. that is set in stone we've lost those three games but the future is yet to be determined history is yet to be determined because at some point our near future, the next few games will become history, and at, at that point we'll know how much these three games mattered. If we go on and have a, sp- a bit of a spit- spitter and a sputtering of a year, people may look back at these three games as being in some way important. But if we go on and have a competitive year, if we turn this around and make a run for finals, you won't even remem- you won't even remember these three games. No one remembers the first three games last year, whether we won them or not. It's just, it's such a long season. Trust the process. Trust Scott. Trust the boys. Trust Daisy and the, and on the rest of the, uh, the -hmm. coaches and assistants around them. Um, and, and just go cats, just go cats.
0: I love it, Sam. That's, that's, that's perfect. That's the perfect note to conclude the meditation session. Hopefully everyone got a lot out of that. Hopefully everyone's flushed the toxicity. Has brought in healing pooped light. Um, because now it is time for our votes for the most valuable player. We do our three, two, and one. Um I'll lead off and I, I will actually do it quickly today, Sam. <laughs> I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go one G Rowan. I know that's crazy. He only had six touches or whatever it was, but. He kicked two goals, came on, made a media impact. I should have, I'm just going to do this quickly. One vote for Gary Rowan. <laughs> I'm giving two votes to Tom Atkins and I'm giving three votes to Tom Stewart. There you go. What about you?
1: I am giving one vote to Gary Rowan. I am giving my two votes to Jeremy Cameron and i give my three votes to Tom Stewart. Beautiful. I love it. Gary, now this, it, this, it, may, this a lot of this will be we won't touch on the Hawkins side of this conversation because that's going to be behind the the uh, the hidden uh, doorway the hidden behind the tapestry on the wall um, <laughs> and and a lot of you don't know the secret handshake to get in there um, but the the other the the Gary Rowan side of this is that he should have he should have played that whole game I don't know why he was managed he was the Direct. only one that had a pulse. In that, in that fourth quarter, um, you, you know, like he just brings so much effort. That yeah. chase down tackle, that was a perfect Gary Rowan game, and he only had six touches. Like that, he he did everything you need him to do in a game. In you know, in not even I don't think he even played a full half, did he? I can't remember when when SDK went off. Um, and that's you know, if he was on there for the full game, I can't guarantee we'd win it and it would change things. But I do just feel like he brought so much life to that. If there's one thing Gary Rowan has, it's effort and his, his speed. I've I've never seen a player. There's faster players out there, but I've never seen a player that can turn acceleration on like that when they already look like they're going top speed. You know what I mean? Like in the, in the, in the, the slow motion replay, he's running along in slow motion and then he goes into normal speed while everyone else is in slow motion still. (laughs) It's totally. It's like in the sports video game when you hold the sprint button and a different animation kicks in. That's what Jacko and I were saying when we were. It It just takes off, and that chase down. That was because that's the other thing. Sorry, we've got all the toxicity out, but a slight negative. The compounding factor of ineffective tackles is really an issue. And this was an issue for us in 2020, I think, possibly 2021. It was an issue for the AFLW side for a couple of seasons in a row there, where it was really frustrating. Sometimes it's bad calls. You'd lay the effort. Sorry put in the effort, lay the tackle, and the call is incorrect. But a lot of the times the tackle is incorrect. And if you're putting Mm -hmm. in the effort, we're all asking for more effort from the Cats. A lot of the times they're putting in the effort, they're not executing correctly, and they're now left floundering on the ground, um, and they haven't got the free kick. And so Mm -hmm. it compounds the lack of effort, because then why would I put in effort? It's not working. But that Gary Rowan chase down tackle was the fucking most beautiful textbook tackling Mm -hmm. technique. Catching up, getting him in time, getting him in time that he couldn't get the disposal off. But also the, like, it's like, the, I think it's the butterfly stroke in swimming where both where you're coming out of yeah, the water yeah, with both yeah. arms in front. I was talking about this yeah. to, to Jack. It's almost like a martial arts technique where when you're tackling someone from mm. behind, swinging the arms up from the shoulders with the, like, the palms outwards. So your palms are inverted. You're not mm. grabbing them like a bear hug. You're actually mm. grabbing them with your palms around like that, like the, the butterfly stroke and cutting down on the top of their arms. Because if you j- yeah. grab them like you're bear tackling them and lifting them up, you're you are always going to be under the arms and they're going to get the hand. Mm. Pu- ha- at- dozens of times on the weekend. Mm. Decent effort to ta- to chase down and tackle. And we grab them around the hips, grab them around the waist, yeah. leave not even just one arm free, but both arms free. So it's a bit of a negative, but the positive is just go and watch that Gary Rowan tackle and just do that every 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 single
0: damn time. And you'll be you'll be getting free kicks all day. Hundred percent And yeah, just got to double because there was those times, you know, like where, where Closey would make an attempt at a tackle and then not follow up a second effort. Like there's a lot of that. So no, I agree. I, I just think, you know, I I get that people can look at a stat sheet and look at Rowan. You know, I only touched the ball eight times or six times or 10 times, whatever it is, you you know, kick a goal or whatever and only laid three tackles. It is the kind of tackles that he makes. He's an impactful player. Not every player can make that same impact with as little of the ball in his hand. And I just think he kicks for goal beautifully. He's a good Mm -hmm. mark and he's a really textbook tackler. He, He just does so many things well. Even if yeah. he's not in, directly involved all the time, I, I just think he's so solid. And, and, and unless it's a fitness thing, he just should be in the team. Like, there's just no fucking way I'd be leaving him out because he's such an explosive player. Yeah. And he just gives a rather I'd rather, shit, I'd rather manage
1: love. his minutes than leave him out for whole games. Yes. I'd rather 100%. him come on and off if he, if he needs that. Because, I mean, both his goals came from the things that we weren't doing well there was the chase down tackle to get the hold in the ball free kick and kick a goal and then there was the just simple strong body work in the goal square long kick to the goal mm. square out muscle everybody and it just like plopped in plopped him into his bread basket like it's you know if if all the forwards had done that each mm. a couple of times we would have had you know, an extra six, <laughs> four to six goals on top of our total, and and it may have may have been enough to scrape this lacklustre performance over the line. Um, mm.
0: But uh, I think we'll touch on this in the next segment, I imagine. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you would like to come behind the uh, the old tapestry, what's on the tapestry here in the chaps' um, room? What do we step, behind? uh, it's
1: a blue and navy regaled knight, uh, trampling an entire army of, uh, brown and yellow peasants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. If you want to step behind that curtain with us and listen to the final part of this show and also gain access to ancient tapestries written by myself, um, extra video content, etc. um. Sign up for the Chaps Chat Cats Patreon. $3.50 US per month. Um, you get access to a heap of extra shit. Um, so please, would love for you to do that. If not, we just love that you listen. So thanks very much. Stay meditative, Cats fans. Let's go and beat the Hawks on Easter Monday. We will be back in your ears with a full preview of that game. Until next time, go Cats! Go Cats!